Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. Today is part two of a two-part series that Stephen's doing with a guest. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm fantastic. It is great to be back with you. And Tom, I know you've brought him back to the studio today, virtual studio. Uh, for the second half of the interview, you guys are discussing his book, correct? Absolutely. I'm really excited to have Tom Hegna back with us. Those of you who have uh, joined our podcast maybe for the very first time today, this is part two of an interview that I'm having with Tom Hegna. He's a renowned uh, author and speaker on uh, financial topics. He's a U.S. Army veteran as well. He's traveled all over the world uh, speaking on uh, financial-related topics and done a lot of research. And so we're so glad to have him. He has spoken at some of our events out here in, uh, in Kansas City for us, for our clients and so glad to be able to share him with our podcast audience as well. And uh, Tom, his most recent book is Don't Worry, Retire Happy. And uh, in the first half of our interview, the first uh, podcast that we did with Tom, uh, we really talked about having an optimal retirement, what it means to be, uh, to, what it means to uh, retire happy. And in Tom's book, he has seven steps seven steps to be able to retire happy. And we already have talked about the first four in the previous podcast. And those are to make sure that you have a plan uh, to maximize your social security benefits, to uh, explore and consider a hybrid retirement and why it's so important to protect your savings from inflation. And so if you missed that podcast, I hope you'll go back and listen to that one. If you're interested in getting a copy of Tom's book, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, you certainly can contact us at Wise Wealth. Just go to the website, wisewealth.com, and uh, you can fill out the information in the contact us form or email us or give us a call. Tom, thank you so much for uh, continuing this conversation. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be with you again. Absolutely. So uh, on the seven steps, we're on step number five. I know we're going to cover these three steps and really get into an important topic here as well before we close out this podcast about uh, life insurance and uh, longevity credits and so forth. But uh, you kind of teased this up last time and we talked about the importance of, and this is step number five, securing more guaranteed lifetime income. Why is that so important in retirement planning? Well, you know, Time Magazine said securing at least a base level of lifetime income should be every retiree's priority, at least if they want to live happily ever after. And I will tell you that that ties in exactly with what the top PhDs in the world who study retirement. I'm talking people like Dr. David Babel of Wharton, Dr. Moshe Malevsky of Toronto, Dr. Menachem Yari of Israel, Dr. Michael Finke, Dr. Wade Fowd, Dr. Robert C. Merton, a Nobel Prize winner. Well, guess what? I've read their research, and their research shows that that as a minimum, you should cover your basic living expenses in retirement with guaranteed lifetime income. So really, step number one in this whole retirement 
process should be figure out how much money do mm-hmm. you need to cover your normal expenses, your housing, your food, your clothing, your cell phone. I call that the paycheck in paychecks and playchecks. And mm-hmm. that should be covered with guaranteed lifetime income. So there's three sources of guaranteed lifetime income. Social Security, which we talked about in the last section. is a, yep. is, But what is Social Security? It's a lifetime income annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. The mm-hmm. second source is a pension. But if you think about it, what's a pension? A pension is a lifetime income annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. So what these PhDs are saying is that you should cover those basic living expenses in retirement with guaranteed lifetime income. So social security counts, pension counts, but whatever you're short, you're supposed to go find an insurance company and buy some form of lifetime income annuity. Now, Stephen, as you said, I speak Mm -hmm. all over the world and I've done over 5,000 live consumer presentations in all 50 Mm -hmm. states. And it's not unusual when I'm speaking that somebody raises their hand and says, Tom, we don't Mm -hmm. like annuities around here. Susie Orman doesn't like annuities. Well, now she does, but she didn't used to like annuities. (laughs) Dave Ramsey doesn't like annuities. Ken Fisher takes out full page ads. I hate annuities and so should you. You know, people say they don't like annuities. And I say, so I, I I don't sell annuities. I don't care if they buy them or not. I just act surprised. I say, really? You don't like annuities? Okay, well, let me understand. You paid into Social Security for 35 years, but you're telling me you're going to call up the Social Security Administration say, stop those checks. No more nasty Social Security checks allowed in this house because we don't like annuities. Are you seriously going to do that? You worked for that company for 42 years, but you're telling me you're going to call up the HR department and say, stop those pension checks? I don't want to find out those nasty things in my mailbox. We don't like annuities in this house. Well, typically the people say, well, I guess we like those kind of annuities. It's just those insurance company annuities we don't like. I say, really? And why is that? Well, because they're all loaded up with fees and everything. See, most people don't realize that most annuities are not even fee products. A single premium immediate annuity is not a fee product. If you're guaranteed a thousand bucks a month for the rest of your life, that's exactly what you're going to get. A deferred income annuity is not a fee product. You know, a fixed index mm-hmm. annuity, base fixed index annuity is not a fee product. A fixed annuity is not a fee product. There's really no. only two types of annuities that even have fees. Variable annuities have fees, and mm-hmm. some in optional income riders might have fees. But that doesn't mean they're bad. It means you have to weigh out what is the fee versus what is the guarantee. The only reason there's a fee in any annuities is because it's got guarantees that stocks and bonds and mutual funds don't have. Absolutely. That, that's a great way to, to look at it because uh, we do like annuities. If you get a pension from your employer, if you get Social Security, you love those annuities. And a lot of people don't realize that you can, quote, unquote, buy your own pension. And that is through an annuity product. Some people complain because uh, they, they, you know, we, there's no defined benefit plans anymore. They're mostly defined contributions. And uh, there's no guaranteed income for life from your employer anymore. But a lot of people don't realize you can turn your 401k into a guaranteed lifetime income by buying your own annuity through an insurance carrier. Yeah. And, and Stephen, I told you, I don't sell annuities. I don't sell life insurance. I don't sell any yep. financial products. But guess what? I own 11 annuities. If these were dumb products, if these were stupid right. products, I would own exactly zero of them. And so right. maybe I just share with you why I own them. Uh, first of all, I own three variable annuities. Now, those are the ones with the mm-hmm. high fees. Why would I do that? Well, because I don't think I'm any different than anybody who's got some money. I said I'm retiring. I got enough money mm-hmm. to retire for the rest of my life. So you know what I want to do with my money? I want to make as much as I can make, but I don't want to lose what I've already got. 
Well, Vanguard right. can't do that for me. Fidelity can't do that for me. Mr. Ken Fisher can't do that for me. Mm -hmm. But that's what that variable annuity can do for me. I own fixed indexed annuities. Why? Mm -hmm. There's a PhD by the name of Roger Ibbotson who did a whole mm -hmm. study on, on people who invest in a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio versus a 60% stock, 40% indexed annuity portfolio. And the indexed annuity portfolio beat the bond portfolio for the last 40 years and is projected to do it for the next 40 years. So Amazing. even if people just move their bonds into yes. an annuity... It's going to help them. And then I own multiple income annuities. Why? Mm -hmm. Because retirement's all about income. If I have right. enough guaranteed income coming in, my wife and I can go do anything we want. doesn't matter if the market's up or down or taxes are up or down. Mm -hmm. we, we, we've, got, we've got income coming in every single month guaranteed for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And that's what you talk about in the book. That, that's the whole goal of saving for retirement anyway. It's about yes. living. Yes. It's about it's the about income enjoying that you're enjoying it. Right. Yeah. And then being happy, you've mentioned this in, in our previous podcast and the last show about how people, you know, tend to be happier. The research says it. I mean, this is not, you know, a guessing. This is actual research of people that are happy in retirement. Uh, they find the majority of them have a guaranteed lifetime income. People are living longer uh, with a guaranteed lifetime income. And so, and I agree with you 100%. I, you know, I hear these people all the time, you know, let's say Ken Fisher, we, we talked about him a couple of times today. Uh, there's one thing that, you know, Ken Fisher cannot say, and that is the word guarantee. He cannot guarantee someone will not, you know, their assets won't go down in value. He cannot guarantee, regardless of the portfolio he constructs, that someone is guaranteed not to outlive their income in retirement. Uh, that's the one thing they cannot say. Whereas an insurance company, you know, based on their strength and their, you know, claims paying ability and so forth, they have the ability to say, it, regardless of how long you live, we guarantee you this income, even if your asset value in that annuity contract goes to zero and you still are breathing, we're going to keep paying you. Yeah, it's the only product in the world that will guarantee you can never run out of income. Right. There's no other and product it, in the world that can right. guarantee that. And an answer is really one of the biggest risks that people face going to retirement. One of the biggest concerns is longevity, outliving your money. And so with an annuity, with a guaranteed lifetime income, uh, you know, that eliminates longevity risk off the table. And I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, that the strength of an annuity is guaranteed lifetime income because there are all these people. There are people that have in, they're incentivized because uh, they want you to put all your money in the market. And so therefore all annuities are bad. There's other people who only do insurance and annuities and they say the stock market is bad. And so we look at it and say, no, there is a place for both. Just like you say, uh, there is a place for your money in the stock market and real estate and other types of yes. investments. But for the foundation, for the peace of mind, you should have some guaranteed lifetime income. Absolutely. I, I own I own stocks. I own real estate. But my foundation is built on guaranteed lifetime income and retirement. And that is what the research shows. You know, I just saw a guy's post today on Facebook and I, I said it was a great post. And it showed a house being built and it just showed the foundation and the rebar coming up and everything. And they said, you know, everybody when they buy a house, they want to pick their tile and they want to pick their carpet and their cabinets and their granite and, and all these little the fun stuff. But mm -hmm. they don't focus on that foundation. But if the foundation isn't secure, none of that stuff is going to matter because the walls are going to crack. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to fall apart. And, yeah. you know, it's the same thing in retirement. People, oh, they want to join the golf course. They want to get a new car. They want to go on this trip. <laughs> they want to take that cruise. That's all the fun stuff. Yes. But if you don't have a foundation to build that on, it's all going to come crumbling down. And so, yeah. you know, it's not like you put all your money in annuity. No, maybe right. the average person, it's 20 to 40%. It's a bond mm -hmm. portfolio. You know, right. bonds aren't paying anything anyway. So put it in, put the bond portfolio in the annuity. Yep. You can still have money in stocks. You can still have money in real estate. But don't right. for a second think that stocks and real estate can replace the annuity. They can't. 
Absolutely. And like you said, as a bond alternative, you can actually take on a lot less risk, a lot, lot less fees if you use the right type of annuity. So, but I know we've got to move on. This is step number five in seven steps. The fifth one here, guaranteed lifetime income as the foundation. Number six is long-term care. This is a huge part of retirement planning. And, and I know in the book you talked about, you know, people go through three distinct phases in retirement. What are those? Well, and I've watched my parents go through this. I, I, there's three phases to retirement. There's the go-go years. You know, that's when you're out playing golf, tennis, you're going on cruises every day. It's happy hour somewhere. That's the go-go years. <laughs> but make no mistake about it. The go-go years are going to be followed by the slow-go years. Now, the slow-go years, you can still do everything in the go-go you just don't want to anymore. Fact is, you don't want to go downtown after 4.30 because dad can't see when it's dark out. That's the slow-go years. And then the slow-go years are going to be followed by the no-go years. And the no-go years are the years when you're probably not leaving the building till you're leaving the building, if you know what I'm talking about. So we got go-go, slow-go, no-go. This is what I learned watching my parents go through these phases. I learned that the go-go years is all about income. It's not about assets. It's about income. And that's why mm -hmm. so much of my resources are going for income in my retirement. The slow-go years, mm -hmm. that's all about long-term care. And long-term care is the one thing that most people forget about that can wipe out their entire life's work. Mm -hmm. And I know this because both my parents were in assisted living. And you know, here's, here's the good thing. I yeah. made them, made them buy long-term care insurance about mm -hmm. 17, 18 years ago. Now, they, they didn't want to. They said it's too expensive. We'll never need it. My dad said it's an insurance company ripoff. I made <laughs> them buy it. Well, they were Good. both in assisted living, $10,000 a month. Wow. And there were years my dad didn't even make $10,000 a year. So $10,000 mm -hmm. a month. I don't have any idea how they would have survived their retirement without those, without those long-term care policies. But mm -hmm. I say this, any plan is better than no plan. So I hope people get long-term care insurance. But if they don't, mm -hmm. I hope they buy a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider, all right, that will cover them. It's like a buying a big bucket of money for long-term care. Uh, and then if they can't qualify medically, because they have medical problems, they can still buy an annuity where that jumps up in income in their 70s and 80s. So any plan is better than no plan, but they got to have a plan. And then the no-go years, that's really all about life insurance. And we can get into that when we talk about life insurance in a few minutes. Absolutely. <clears throat> that's a great way to put it. And, and uh, we believe that there is no real retirement plan without addressing long-term care. It's like one of these things uh, that no one wants to talk about. It's never going to happen to me. Um, I'm just going to, you know, my family just dies and all these things, but th that's not a plan. The plan is, like you said, uh, there is no wrong plan. As long as you have a plan to cover long-term care, it's a massive potential financial risk. And I would say that probably once someone enters into retirement, it's probably the largest financial risk that somebody has. And yeah, you cover all a, the other on risks average, your whole life. Yeah. On average, it's a million-dollar problem, and uh, wow. people just have no idea, yep. uh, and they ha they've, they've just left themselves exposed to that. And I always tell people, if you don't have a plan, the government has a plan for you. You're not going to like right. it. you got to spend <laughs> down all your money until you become destitute. Then you go on welfare. It's called Medicaid. And if yep. you think Medicaid's okay, then I encourage you just to stop by any Medicaid facility and mm. just go in there and just take a big breath. <laughs> a big sniff of that air and see if that's where you want to spend your golden years. That's not where I'm going right. to spend my golden years. I'm not going to work for 60, 70 years and then wind oh. up in a facility like that. No way. Right. I call long-term care insurance anti-nursing home insurance. Right. I call it stay-at-home insurance because I got home yeah. health care on all my stuff. Right. That's a great way to put it. I love that. And that's the whole point. You talk about retiring happy. You, you, you know, people don't want to buy insurance, but you also don't want to live in a nursing home and be on Medicaid. So the point is, 
you, the whole point of your book, the whole point of your talk here on our show is to retire happy. How can you retire happy? Make sure you've covered long-term care. You can do that. Like you said, you can buy a long-term care insurance policy that pays out specifically. If you have a long-term care need, you could buy a life insurance policy. I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of people don't realize now in life insurance, there are living benefits. It's not just about the death benefit. You could buy a life insurance policy that the death benefit pays out while someone's alive, if they're, if they need long-term care. And so uh, it, it, it eliminates this whole concept of a wasted premium. Um, that benefit will pay out whether you live or die. It's going to pay out one way or the other. And it's an emergency fund because if you need it, most of those policies have full money back guarantees where you can get your money out. So it, it's an emergency fund. If you don't need it mm-hmm. and you die, it goes tax-free to your kids with a nice death benefit. But if you yeah. do need it, there's a bigger bucket of money there that you can take out of there if you need it. So it, it covers three things in one. Absolutely. You want to retire happy. You've got to have a plan. You've got to maximize Social Security. You've got to make sure you have dealt with inflation. Uh, you've got to make sure that you have um, you have guaranteed lifetime income. You maybe consider a hybrid retirement. Um, you make sure you cover long-term care. And then this is the other one. I kind of mentioned this earlier. I may have mentioned it in this podcast or the previous one. You, you We mentioned it. Uh, sorry, it wasn't the previous one about Social Security. One of your largest retirement assets, even though we don't look at it as an asset, is your Social Security benefits. Another one a lot of people don't really think about in retirement is their home equity using home equity wisely. Yeah. So there's a few ways to use your home equity wisely. For most people, it's one of the largest assets they have. Number one, they can downsize, uh, sell the home, downsize, move to Arizona where I live. Okay, It's beautiful, yeah. sunny uh, skies down here. But but here's what I want people to know. If, if you're single, when you sell that home, you can capture up to $250,000 tax-free in capital gains. Mm-hmm. If you're married, you can capture up to $500,000 tax-free in capital gains, and that can help a retirement. You can take a loan against the equity, or you can do a reverse mortgage. Now, here's where I come down on reverse mortgages, both in the book and the TV show. I say, I'm not for reverse mortgages, but I'm not against reverse mortgages. Mm -hmm. They're a tool that can be used in retirement. But my professional, my best professional advice is, number one, you got to be very, very careful. And number two, you should work with a reverse mortgage expert. But having said that, Mm -hmm. I will tell you, you're going to read many more very positive articles written by respected sources like the American College, Dr. Wade Fow, Jamie Mm -hmm. Hopkins of Forbes Magazine, Mary Beth Franklin, Don Graves. So there are many ways to use it wisely, but -hmm. just be very careful and work with that reverse mortgage expert. I'm fully planning, I'm not gonna take a reverse yep. mortgage, but I'm gonna put on a reverse mortgage line of credit. And and that's okay. that just came out in the Wall Street Journal uh, just recently that, that that it can it can actually like play the role of a put against your house. So like, let's okay. say housing prices go up for the next 10 years and then the housing market just crashes or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that reverse mortgage line of credit goes up every single year. And if the housing market crashed, I could literally give the keys to the bank and walk away with all my money. And so <laughs> it, there, there are strategies. Now, you have to pay a couple thousand dollars to mm-hmm. close on that reverse mortgage line of credit, but you don't ever have to use it. And mm-hmm. it will be there in case of some terrible emergency with housing. I would get all my money out of the deal. Well, I think that's great because a lot of people, you know, let's say they have obviously maybe they get to retirement, they have a paid for home and house is worth uh, $400,000 maybe or something like that. And they've got this huge asset um, that some people consider just to be in essence a dead asset. What is the value of a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 home that has no debt on it if you can't, 
use it? And, and a lot of people look at it and say, well, that's for the kids. I'm leaving the house to the kids. What would you say to that? Is, is it best I'd say, to leave the house to the kids? Most kids don't want your house, okay? They don't want, like, <laughs> my, my parents, they had, they had a, a couple different houses. I didn't want it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want that house. And no. so, um, you know, there, now there's some exceptions. If you're in yes. the Northeast and your family's been in the same house for a generation, generation, <laughs> yeah, maybe they do. Yes. But in a lot of cases, they don't want your house, okay? They got their own house. And, and besides, they're probably going to sell that house anyway. So, right. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not pushing reverse mortgages on anybody. Right. I don't care if people buy those or not, but I'm saying they're right. not this terrible thing that other people are saying. Just be careful. Find out how you can use it wisely. Like I said, I'm not going to get a reverse mortgage, but I'm going to get yeah. a line of credit that's reverse there mortgage. that if I need it in an emergency, I got it. And if housing prices crash, that, yep. that line of credit goes up every year so it can protect me. And it is a reverse mortgage line of credit, though, right? Where it's guaranteed yeah. federal government. You don't, you, okay. Um, and, and that's the main point. The main point is that people just need to realize that you can, there is a way to utilize the equity in your home. You don't just have to say, well, that's it. I mean, uh, and, and the reason I brought that up as far as giving it to the kids, because you know, potentially someone could get a reverse mortgage line of credit, take that money and buy a life insurance policy and your kids can inherit the life insurance instead of the home. You might be able to take that line of credit and buy long-term care insurance instead of the home. You know, there's other things that you might want to look at. And like you said, we're not, uh, it's just the important aspect is to make sure you 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 maximize, I guess, or utilize the equity you have in your home and don't just forget it. Yeah. I, and, okay. you know, again, it's not for everybody, but, you know, right. for some people it can be literal godsend, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to end this podcast by talking to you about something that I know you're very familiar with. You were in the industry for a long time with New York Life, about, about life insurance with New York Life. Um, and so when some people talk about life insurance, you know, we think, you know, what does that have to do with retirement? Uh, so, you know, wh what are your thoughts on life insurance and its relation to retirement happiness? Yeah, well, life insurance has everything to do with retirement. See, it's the life insurance you bring into retirement that gives you the license to spend your money. I always tell people, don't leave your kids any money. You're not supposed to leave them a single penny. Spend all of your money. The last check I'm going to write is going to go to the undertaker, and I hope it bounces, okay? I don't want to be the <laughs> richest guy in the cemetery. I want to no. be broke when I get to the, to, to the cemetery, okay? But, but what you should do is leave your kids life insurance. See, one of the reasons that people are not enjoying their retirements is because in the back of their mind, they think they got to leave their kids some money. Oh, we got to leave some money to Johnny and Susie. We got to leave some mm -hmm. money to Johnny and Susie. So they're denying their, themselves their retirement to leave money to their kids. I say, don't do yeah. that. And I use me as an example. So we got yeah. four kids. So one day we're sitting around saying, how much should we leave the kids? My wife said, I don't know. What do you think? I said, well, if we bought a $1 million second to die life insurance policy, name the four kids a beneficiary. When we're both gone, they're going to get a million dollars tax free plus whatever's yes. left over. I said, let's start there. So we bought a $1 million second to die life insurance policy, name the four kids a beneficiary. That policy is completely paid up. You know what the total cost mm. of that policy was? $150,000. So now think about this. Mm -hmm. For 15 cents on the dollar, we transfer a million bucks tax-free to our kids. But here's the yeah. best part. Who gets to spend all the rest of the money? We do. <laughs> You see, yes. this is all about how do you get the most for the least in retirement. And you're never going to get the most for the least if you're leaving your kids a million dollars of your own money. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Take 150, 200,000, buy a policy, leave them the money, and then you get to spend the other 800,000. I mean, that's how mm -hmm. you do it. And, 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 and then, you know, 
I always tell people, don't leave your grandchildren any money either. And they say, well, I love my grandchildren. Yeah, leave them life insurance. You know, there's this lady, Annie, she had, uh, she had six grandchildren. She had $100,000 and, and she was going to leave them. You know, it, it was her emergency fund if she needed. But when she died, each of the grandchildren was going to get a little over $16,000. We said, why are you doing that? Put it in this life insurance policy. It's got a money back guarantee. If you need your money back, you get it back. But when you die, the grandchildren get 36000 instead of 16000 mm-hmm. Same with charity. You can leave more money to charity by buying life insurance. Go to charity. Don't leave the charity money. Leave them life insurance. And then yep. protecting social security benefits you know if you mm-hmm. have a husband and wife uh, and the husband made more than the wife and he dies she gets his but what happens to hers her check is gone one of the yep. checks disappears when they die and then taxes go up because they were filing joint now they file single and so mm-hmm. what could have protected against this was life insurance and the last thing is mm-hmm. I've been moving a bunch more of my own personal wealth into cash value life insurance because I can take that income out tax free in retirement and I just think with all the, the deficits the debt the spending the printing of money, taxes are going to go up a lot, probably double for most of your listeners, triple for some of them. And I'm going to have sources of tax-free income. I've converted IRAs Mm -hmm. and 401ks to Roth. So I get tax-free income for the rest of my life. And then my cash value life insurance, tax-free income for the rest of my life. And and so, I mean, I'm not just telling people this. I don't sell any life insurance, but I own millions of dollars worth of it because it it matters in, in having the optimal retirement. Exactly. And it comes right back to that point, having an optimal retirement. Uh, And you just did a great job expressing what life insurance can do for someone from a wealth transfer standpoint, uh, from a tax standpoint, from a survivor standpoint, to enjoying your own, you know, assets in retirement and leaving life insurance. Uh, There's so many tax benefits to life insurance. And one of the big things is a lot of people don't realize there's not just, uh, you know, death benefits that are tax-free. You just brought up the fact that there are living benefits. You could take the, you know, cash value and cover long-term care expenses. You could take, you know, potential, you know, money and and have tax-free income. And so extremely important for people to utilize and incorporate life insurance into planning for retirement. There's a lot of things that you bring up here, you know, in our, in our podcast this week and the one last time about, you know, planning for retirement. A lot of people don't consider if they go it alone or do it alone. Uh, you know, they, they don't look at long-term care. They don't look at life insurance. They don't look at guaranteed lifetime income and all these things are so important to having a, a, a retirement that you can enjoy and be happy with. Uh, throughout your years. Anything else, uh, Tom, you think is important for our listeners to understand um, your parting words of wisdom? Well, look, again, just do the research. If they read the book, I put all the research reports in there so they can, they can, I say, do your due diligence on me like you would on anybody else. Um, Again, this is math math and science, research-backed, simple steps that anybody can do to have a better retirement than what they were going to have before. And then work with a financial professional, have them stress test your test. You know, what happens if bad things happen? I'm going to have a great retirement regardless of what happens in the world. Um, I mean, now they're short of World War III or something. But I mean, uh, I'm going to have, you know, I said, what good would it be if the guy who writes the book, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, doesn't retire and he's not happy? That'd be ridiculous. So I am living every one of the steps that I write about. All right. Uh, for those of you who uh, have joined us in this podcast, uh, this one and the last one has been great to talk with Tom Hegna. You can find out more information about Tom through his website, which is just TomHegna.com. You can also look at the website that is related to the book, RetireHappyNow.com. RetireHappyNow.com. So great to, uh, to talk with you, Tom, and to hear your insights and wisdom once again. 
Uh, we appreciate it very much. For those of you um, who, uh, who have joined us here on the podcast, I want to remind you that uh, Tom does have a book, Don't Worry, Retire Happy. This is the third one he's written in the United States, his most recent one. We do have copies of those on hand. Uh, if you want to find more information on how to get a copy of Tom's book, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, you can certainly go to our website, which is wisewealth.com. That's wisewealth.com. There's a contact us link on the website. We'd be glad to share with you more information about planning, about uh, Tom's book, Don't Worry, Retire Happy. And so, um, I, you know, as a financial planner, doing this all day, every day, uh, sitting across from clients and helping people retire each and every day, that's what our firm does. I can tell you that these principles are extremely important. They really work. That's why I love uh, talking to Tom. I love having him come and, and, and speak to our clients and speak to our groups. I'm so happy that he was able to join us on uh, this podcast and the previous one. I hope everyone will get a chance to listen to both um, you know, the, the seven steps and, and, and the things that people need to understand to have an optimal retirement and also to retire happy which is the goal. And with that, I will let Eric come back on and uh, close the show. Guys, again, I just can't say enough. Uh, great information. Tom, you're a fantastic <laughs> I speaker. do it every do once in a while. Do this a lot? <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, every, every so often. Uh, thank you again for being on the show. Stephen, of course, thank you so much for bringing Tom on. You really do you. know the best Absolutely. guests to bring on the show. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This also makes it really easy to share these with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at WiseWealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.